are listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how you doing, sir? All is well. All is well and you. I'm doing great. Yeah. It's good to be chatting again today. Indeed it is. Excited for today's episode per normal, maybe even a little bit more than normal, because I think um, we're, well, we're, uh, it's really a subject that uh, is almost um, just really near and dear to us as an agency as well, um, Mm -hmm. in terms of our adoption of Agile. Um, Today's guest is really unpacking um, uh, the, the use of lean methodologies, lean processes as a way of um, enhancing the manufacturing marketing function and in some ways, shall we say, getting marketing on the same page as the rest of the organization. Um, so anytime we can do that, I'm excited about it. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think it's it's always really interesting to speak with guests who have an operational sense of of how lean works and, and are bringing that to their organization because it, it's not common. You know, we're not, we're not seeing it all the time for sure. Fair to say. Well, let's introduce today's guest, shall we? Indeed. So joining us today is Jason Grizzy. Jason is the Director of Global Marketing, Inbuilding Networks, and Product Brand Strategy at Corning. Welcome to the Cooler Ring, Jason. Hey, guys. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you having me today. Jason, it's wonderful to have you on the show. And I must say, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you uh, and, and everyone south of the border. I know that uh, it, uh, we're recording on Thanksgiving week, so it's going to be way late when people hear this on the show, but nevertheless. Yeah, well, you guys, um, you always beat us to the punch every year, don't you? We do, we do, but I think uh, you guys you guys embrace it more. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the, yeah, there's more oomph to it, you know. Um, yeah, we, have, we had the Steel Black Friday from you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. But we do uh, use uh, Thanksgiving as a good excuse to uh, overeat. So uh, I think that we at least share. But great to have you on the show, Jason. Uh, Before we um, kind of get right into the nitty gritty of things, could you perhaps introduce our listeners to you and um, and your organization a bit, what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So um, currently I, I work with Corning Incorporated and I'm part of their optical communications division. Um, I lead marketing for what we call in-building networks. Uh, in the world of communications, um, there's a bit of a split where we look at sort of outside of buildings. So think under roads, under seas, uh, between buildings, communities, right? And then there's inside the building. And those are, uh, the delineation is uh, many times inside a building is a private network owned by a company. Outside of a building is owned by a, a network carrier. Um, or um, another uh, public entity. In any case, Corning provides solutions for uh, both. Um, Really, we build connections so the world can make them um, through fiber optics and the entire solution set under uh, communications and and networks. Um, So pretty cool that we can be involved in really connecting the world. And if you think about it, as you connect people around the world, you improve things like economic prosperity, education. And um, so we can really impact people through what we do every day. So for me, it was an interesting reason to come here to Corning. Um, So a little background there. I've been here um, for coming up on a year, Uh, previously spent um, 16 years with um, Ingersoll Rand, which is a diversified industrial 
large uh, company that has multiple brands under that umbrella, like Train HVAC Company, um, Club Car Golf Carts, Thermal King Transport Refrigeration, and, and, and more. So um, that's my background. And uh, what I'm doing today, I mentioned the in-building networks portion is running uh, marketing for that portion of the business with oversight of the, the brand strategy on our, our products. So. Well, thank you for that broad introduction. It's, uh, and and I, uh, it, it, it is incredibly compelling work to be a part of, I must say. I think uh, uh, that, that notion of the work that you're doing really um, uh, connecting, the, connecting the world is, um, um, I don't know, it resonates with me, I think. Uh, and uh, I'm always excited when marketers can put uh, their work into a broader perspective. Uh, so uh, thank you for that. Um, as a... So for today's show, we were chatting all about um, uh, your implementation of lean methodologies and lean processes and shaping the marketing at Corning. And, and so uh, I think you're probably going to be a better guide than I as to where to start that conversation. I mean, you're a year into this. Um, so I guess where did you start and how have you begun to look at the organization and your work at, at, at and, and and what shifts are, are beginning to happen as a result of that thinking. Let's just yeah. that's a really good starting point. I'm going to try to break up my responses such that uh, I don't talk too much. So I'll, <laughs> I'll stop for some some introduction of other questions. But um, first of all, I've really had the benefit working with Ingersoll Rand. Uh, I led marketing there. Uh, across the globe, uh, across the entire function, you know, so all different areas from sales enablement, demand generation, product marketing, analytics, um, digital, all of it, right? So I had a really good purview and globally uh, there. So really, really great experience and a, a great company. Um, I, I chose to move on to really test myself and learn about, um, can I take what I've learned at a really uh, great company manufacturer and bring it to a new environment and be successful. And I saw Corning as an opportunity to, uh, especially around building um, lean and um, different marketing capabilities as starting with a different set of tools in a different marketplace, uh, a different end user market, right? Uh, but taking skills I learned elsewhere. So I think it's important to give that backdrop because part of the story has both of those experiences in it. First at Ingersoll Rand, building um, building digital marketing capabilities um, along with lean capabilities um, within the marketing function. I had the opportunity to do that um, and coming to Coring, they've got a fantastic infrastructure here and great people. They've got all the right bones, uh, but they haven't yet really deployed maybe lean into the into the process and there's a few other capabilities that i think i can bring to the party a quick question on that um you know did corning come looking for someone with lean capabilities and lean methodology or were they looking for someone more senior like yourself and you brought that story with you and and they bought into it good question um i don't know what the the initial intent of their search was. I know they were looking for some marketing capability, people, somebody with some experience and leadership experience at another big company. 
in B2B and also has had some demand generation and product experience. That definitely got me in the door because those things I do have. Um, but I do think what helped seal the deal was talking through um, this methodology around applying lean principles or a systematic way of improving a function and building in sustainable or predicted results. That definitely helped me convince them that uh, I had a skill set that was good for where they're headed as a function. And, oh, by the way, they have a fairly deep background in Six Sigma and Lean outside of marketing as a company, right? They're a big manufacturer and they're very good at Six Sigma and Lean across many other functions. So it resonated well. Um, and I think that also bridged to maybe another thought about how Lean really is that bridge. And it helped me bridge into this job. It gave, it brought skill sets that they, they saw big benefit in. Um, and it's helping me bridge across functional areas, both at English RN and now at Corning. So Let's let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I'm I'm curious. Um, you know where where that rubber meets the road. You know, um, I, I you know it's one thing to be speaking a common language in some ways with the rest of the organization. That's that's one part that has an eight value. Yeah, um, but uh, but I'm sure it goes further than that. Let me let me talk about the bridge between functional areas and how um, lean can help. I'd like to also, I mean, obviously address some of the ways you can use these principles to build a marketing function, right? Or build capability and marketing function. But I do think, um, as you think about lean, it's well adopted across many manufacturers, especially large, successful, profitable manufacturers embrace lean, usually lean, sometimes Six Sigma. By the way, there are different things, right? Um, on the lean side, I find that um, many times, my experience, people who lead manufacturing companies, um, industrial companies, are people who came from manufacturing. So it's not uncommon in my 20 years of experience that a leader of a division, a very senior level, would be an operations person or a finance person, or um, maybe somebody from product line management and engineering background. Not uncommon. They are very familiar with lean concepts and Six Sigma concepts. Uh, that's their language in many cases. That's what's made the operations of manufacturers successful. So while I don't see the primary benefit of lean being that bridge, it surely helps marketers, if, especially when you, you think about marketing. Many times marketers have a hard time bridging the gap. The lang it's, it's a language barrier to some extent. But we also play in a field that many manufacturers and operations um, people don't really understand, right? So it is a very useful bridge between a marketing function, who I think historically has been looked at as creative and marketing math and, and maybe not real systematic, to speaking the language of those that really value repeatable results and sustainable process. So I think that's the great thing about the bridge it, it can create. And my, that's been the, um, let's call it the cherry on top or the learning for me over the years is that's been a, been a big benefit. Um, I'll say that I didn't pursue this concept because I wanted a bridge, but I'll tell you that that is a huge benefit to success of what we've done in marketing and our ability to continually get funded, frankly, um, can continue to build and move forward and be looked at as a contributor to the business. So. 
So as uh, I, I'm really interested to get more texture into how that, when you talk about nurturing the marketing function, growing uh, the marketing function through lean, let's, let's talk about some examples of how that comes to life and, um, uh, and what it looks like. I would say that I use the term imperfection fuels innovation. I think it resonates well on the marketing front and the commercial side of the business. So like all of us in marketing are part of the commercial functional area, typically sales, marketing, maybe product development. So this idea of imperfection fueling innovation really is the basis of what lean I think is about. And it also, uh, from, a, from a marketing perspective, it uh, feels a lot better for us, right? Um, it fits better. Um, but the principles of it are really understanding uh, what, what is the mission or vision or the purpose of your organization, how that aligns to what your business level objectives are, what are you going to be valued for if you can help. Um, establishing some, some uh, current level of capabilities. Um, I'm kind of going through a checklist if you don't, if you haven't figured it out. I mean, it's really knowing that mission is what you're, what you're there for and how you add value to the organization. Taking that down to understanding today, how good are you at doing that thing, that current capability, we would call it. Creating a system to be able to see what normal looks like versus abnormal right? Abnormal being the imperfections. How do I see imperfections? Create a culture then that embraces those imperfections. That's okay with not hitting the numbers, not always being, you know, above your results. And, and then a culture which can problem solve and say, I see an imperfection. That's an opportunity for us to improve. And then it's about um, closing those gaps creating new capability through rapid experiment or iteration um, through sprints that you guys might be familiar with. Build that new capability, raise the bar on the targets, and then iterate. So that's kind of the meth methodology of how you apply it. Now, applying lean requires things like problem solving tools and skill sets. Um, it requires fundamentally understanding how to set up what we call visual management. How do you see results and when things are abnormal and when things are normal and um, really be able to hone in those imperfections. So that's kind of how I think about how you approach it at the onset. We can talk a lot about now, if you'd like, about um, different parts of how you do, how you accomplish that and, and also maybe some challenges or, or um, learnings I've had too. So are your digital marketing efforts bringing in too many junk leads? Stop wasting time and distracting your sales team. Account-based marketing can help give your marketing strategy the laser focus on qualified buyers that you need to increase your pipeline velocity, close more deals, and grow your business faster. We've created a sample manufacturing ABM plan to help you get started. Download the sample manufacturing ABM plan at bit.ly slash sample ABM. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash sample abm so as you get the processes in place and you set the uh the objectives that you're going to have so that you have some form of dashboard for tracking whether or not you know you're you're in the normal range or if things are trending 
positively or negatively outside of that. How are you approaching the definition of the strategy at the beginning to determine exactly what it is, you know, what are we looking to do with this particular initiative and, you know, how, how do you set that up and who's involved? Yeah, very good. Uh, two part question kind of, right? So dashboards and metrics, huge, huge uh, thing that struggle for most marketers. And the second part of that is how do you set strategic objectives and then operationalize them? Exactly. Yeah. To me, the, yeah, this idea of imperfection, fueling innovation and applying lean is answering the second. How do we take strategy, operationalize it and improve the results of the marketing function repeatedly? Right. That's the latter part of your question, I believe, is really important. Um, so the, the first part of the question, I'd like to address dashboards and metrics. And when you get them up, that's a tough thing for many organizations, repeatable results through many complex processes, many products and and uh, many people, that's a very complex thing. In fact, in my experience, I spent years in both companies, uh, at least a year in this company and years in prior companies, getting just those results to a point where we could see them, they were repeatable, and we could go to a CFO or a president and say, we believe in them. So there's a lot of work up front in the process. Um, so that is step one with many of these lean deployments. It is literally the process work uh, to make sure you can see what results you want to measure repeatedly and consistently. That's important work. And most marketers are going to overlook that because they want to go look at MQLs and revenue and opportunities and maybe new names and these other metrics that are important to marketing. Um, but you have to have the re a repeatable uh, believable way to see those things regularly before you start trying to manage the outcomes. So I would say step one, work on the process. And many times that comes in the form of a really robust, repeatable lead management process. So um, I want to give you the punchline to your question about dashboards. Uh, the dashboards don't matter. I think people chase the analytics and chase the dashboards a lot. And it drives a lot of marketers nuts and they spend a lot of effort on them. It's not about the visuals. It's not about being able to show people which results are in a nice graph. And now as a, a leader of many marketing organizations and, and product management organizations, I am very clear that because you can put something in a pretty dashboard does not mean that it's accurate or useful. So um, I definitely encourage teams to work on the process and then worry about dashboards and making things pretty when you have a repeatable process. So uh, that's an important lesson, I think, for people. And um, yeah, to build on that, that idea of dashboards being the end state. In fact, they're not the end state. They're somewhere in the middle and they evolve. So, the indicator. <laughs> yeah, they're like, right. The feed. So, yeah. The percentage of dashboards that I've been shown in my career that a bit of digging begins to surface that it's an entirely false representation of <laughs> a reality. I mean, it's 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 astonishing. It's got to be over eighty percent of them that we dove into. It's like there's actually nothing here. Almost every marketing team and organization part of businesses I've gone into, that's true. Unfortunately, that's the state of marketing. I think. And that is what finance people and operations people and engineering people that you deal with see right through. So somebody like me, 
it doesn't take me but five minutes in a meeting to find out if this is valid. And I think the one thing trap that marketers fall into is they can make pretty PowerPoints and they can make pretty visualizations. They're good at it. Um, but senior leaders see, see it through it really quickly. Mm. Um, so it's a, it's a common trap, I think, that we run into. Um, and anyway, so it's an interesting, interesting thing and a learning for me. Um, you know, think about the process. Think about the reliability of the process, because the day when you have to go in front of your CFO and say you generated 100,000 MQLs and it resulted in $100 million of business, you kind of want them to believe you. And um, the process is super important because you want to get that $10 million investment you're asking for, right? So anyway, that's an important thing. Back to your uh, back to your other question, though. Um, you said, how do, I, how do you attach strategy? How do you take strategy and operationalize it is what I would say. Um, many big organizations struggle with this. Lean is a very good set of tools to do that. And I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about that. Um, I will have to first tell you a bit about strategy, right? I think there's lots of different work to do around strategy, sizing and segmentation and market attractiveness and um, investment strategy, all that, right? All the strategy work needs to be done. But if you're thinking about a function like marketing and um, you want to build a really high performance team, I think there also is a really important step that most people miss. And that is really building out the team. And I'm just going to go really quick, but I think there's about 10 steps to this. In fact, I've done this a lot too. There's about 10 steps I can I can get to. Um, what's really important in that is understanding your purpose, having a vision and mission that are clear about what you're here to do and what you're not here to do, and then being clear about how that mission supports your organization's objectives. So for instance, if you're in marketing and you're organization's goal is to grow revenue, pretty common. What is your fit in that? It might be something like we generate demand that results in opportunities or we generate demand that results in revenue for our offerings. And if the goal of the organization is to generate $100 million of revenue, what's your contribution to that? So understanding that your mission is to generate demand and revenue for the business, you know, taking that down to how do you contribute and then being able to say, what are the outcomes we expect as a team? Like, how do we drive the outcomes that matter? Then how do we start to see what normal looks like? How do we get start to see the results in a repeatable way? Um, and then from there, problem solve and iterate and improve your capability. So um, that's, I think, how you connect. You build your strategy or what your functional objective is and how it ties to the organizational strategy. You start to define those critical outcomes for your team or your function, and then you figure out how to operationalize them. And operationalizing them is where lean really comes in. Um, to give you some insight on that, there's multiple levels of opera, opera, operationalizing <laughs> a strategy. First of all, um, at the high level, so your big strategic objectives, there's a tool in lean that many companies use called uh, Hoshin Conry, which is essentially we call in the U U.S. a lot of times an X matrix. Many companies use this. It's a way to deploy strategy. Um, what it looks like is high level, high level, three to five year objectives on, a, on the bottom, let's say. Think about a, a square. On the bottom quadrant south 
is your three to five year. On the um, west side of the box, you have your one year objectives. On the north side of your box, you have your one year strategic initiatives. How am I gonna change my capability? And then on the east side of that box, imagine all the key metrics around how you know if you're being successful in achieving those one year initiatives. That's a very common lean tool that companies, big companies use to deploy strategy. Um, so it takes it from that high level three to five year strategy, gets you down to um, breakthrough objectives on that uh, north box, the north side, and then it gives you some metrics around measurement. So that is a common sort of strategy deployment tool in lean. Where it can be then met is how you operationalize those initiatives within a function. So let me give you a real example of how this comes to life. My three to five year objective might be to be number one market share leader in my business. My uh, one year objective might be to generate $100 million of incremental revenue. And on the top north box of this, it might say, I need to generate um, more demand or I have to build demand generation capability to deliver more opportunities to the sales team by $300 million. So that objective then gets deployed to somebody like me as a marketing leader. And I say, okay, how do I go do that? So that's the highest level of sort of lean deployment, goal deployment. From there, I can tell you more about that, but that's how you take that objective um, and then tie it, like I said, that high level business level goal to where the marketing function fits. And then we deploy sort of lean processes and um, tools around operationalizing the marketing goal. And we can talk about that, but uh, I want to start with maybe that high level of how companies typically look at goal deployment through lean. What have you seen as the barriers or the challenges to getting um, uh, this stood up in a marketing function? Um, and, uh, and and I think so for, 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 for those folks that are listening and are thinking, yeah, okay, you know, we know that there's a lot of emphasis on lean elsewhere in the organization. I really think this dog can hunt. If I could begin to um, structure um, uh, our function in this way, uh, we could get more attraction. Um, and, and um, you know, we can't answer all of the, uh, the questions about how to get there in one podcast episode, but I think we can probably give people a bit of a, uh, in addition to the benefits that you've so clearly outlined, um, what are some of the challenges they might see in the early days and where might they look to, uh, to begin to overcome those challenges and get started? First of all, I tell people, start where your feet are. I think many times organizations and people have a hard time getting started because they're worried uh, that they don't have the best capability in the world or they're not ready. I'd say start where you are. In fact, from a lean perspective, we would say, you know, you don't need the pretty dashboards. Use, um, you know, use a whiteboard with tick marks and, and uh, you know, Excel spreadsheets if you have to. Like start wherever you are um, and don't, don't worry about it because lean is all about wherever you are, establish a baseline, set a target, figure out how to close gaps and improve, right? So I think that that's the first thing I would say is um, don't wait, don't wait, it's, it's important. The second thing I would say is um, one of the biggest challenges is building a culture. So lean isn't just about tools and metrics and dashboards, it's about a culture. So lean is, is really a cultural transformation. So you need to be committed. Um, I do think 
it takes a certain amount of competency development in individuals. You can either go buy that, right? You can hire, hire consulting firms to teach you lean. You can hire people like me who bring some lean experience to the table. But ultimately, my, for instance, my challenge is typically getting uh, a larger team of people to uh, be able to be capable or competent in lean principles and methodology and then changing the culture. So that takes time. Again, start now, start where you are, but that's a really important part and, and a challenge um, a challenge you need to think about. And, and is that, uh, I guess, uh, I, I, I don't know, maybe there's some uh, uh, self-reference criteria here as an organization that operates um, via um, uh, uh, Scrum and Agile and, and, and not a lot of agencies do. And frankly, um, you know, somebody uh, shows up here from another agency, um, one of the things that they may find shocking is um, in some ways the level of direct accountability that they experience. Um, uh, uh, I guess I just, uh, you know, when you talk about that culture shift and and um, I understand that certainly some of it's just capabilities. They need to understand lean, understand the application of the tools and approaches. Um, um, is are, are there other, you know, I guess, uh, is there a deeper challenge at, at bay there as well? Like, uh, you know, are we, um, and is it accountability? Is it, um, what is it? Uh, I'm just curious. I don't want to put words in your mouth. It's just uh, what have you seen as the challenge in getting that culture established beyond the training side of it? Um, I have two thoughts. So first of all, I think that this cultural transformation um, is not easy. So sometimes people don't get off the starting block. Um, I do think that creating a lean culture can be difficult because I think people may not particularly like the accountability that it creates. And uh, historically, I think people that have seen lean outside of marketing look at it as punitive to some extent because you're constantly behind. It's, it's a bit of the intent. Back to imperfection, pu- <laughs> imperfection fuels innovation. It's the cultural element. You have to look at those imperfections as fuel for getting better. And I think that's a gap, meaning many times people just um, don't want the accountability and don't always want to be chasing a gap. Unfortunately, what lean does is that's what it creates. You're always chasing a gap. You're always trying to create new capability. So culturally, that can feel really tough, and especially in a commercial organization and especially in marketing, who are people who like to celebrate wins typically um, and are really good at celebrating the success, but are really good at covering up maybe not the success, right? So I think that's a, I think that's an issue that marketers face, uh, building, especially using, applying lean, um, lean, definitely. So, so that's one, one key thing, I think. The other challenge, you asked me about other challenges, right? I, I think that many companies believe they're better at running their processes than they are. So I can produce data that shows results. That doesn't mean I can repeat it. And that doesn't mean I can believe in it. So I do think that's a big challenge for organizations when they go down this route. And I'll tell you that we're definitely building this capability now at at Corning. Um, Building systems and processes 
that you can actually troubleshoot and repeat in marketing is not easy. So that's definitely a challenge. What I would say is using tools, uh, tools like lean tools can help you get over that, but it does take time, right? These type of transformations in a functional area like marketing take time. I would tell you, if you're going to pursue something like this, don't tell your leaders you're going to have better results in six months. It's not the way it works. It's not the way it works. It works after years of cultural change and capability building and problem solving. What I would tell you, though, uh, in the near term, and I think you asked this much earlier, um, the benefits you see are great. So even in eight months of working here, I think my team that I'm working with now, and they've told me, it's been really refreshing to be able to dig into results and problem solve and understand when they make a certain decision, you know, what's happening. That was uh, very hard for them to do before. So just setting up the process of really robust lead management, really robust processes around demand generation have made their jobs more fulfilling and made them more effective already, right? I can't yet say that I've made a huge impact in our demand generation capability yet in eight months, uh, but I can say that we're moving the ship. And I'll look back two to three years from now, and we will have fantastic capability that is really world-class and differentiates us, and our competitors won't be able to hold a candle to us in this area. So um, that's what I would say. Those are some I think, big systemic challenges. Yeah, and that, that makes that makes total sense to me. I mean, you can't begin to improve the impact that you have without first understanding the impact that you have, uh, and in and in being able to do that in eight months, to be able to you know get that surfaced to the team and to begin to understand um, uh, the impact of their work beyond uh, what they were able to do before uh, this journey, I could see how that would be uh, fuel for the for the fire for sure. Um, this is, uh, I feel like we need to, uh, spin up about four more podcast episodes and just really dive further and further into this. Um, uh, but we're not, yeah, I definitely think, um, getting into the tactics of how to deploy, um, deploy lean in marketing is a multi-step series for sure. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I think a really good thing for people to think about, um, especially if you're in a manufacturing company, you have probably have process experts, maybe lean experts. Be willing and open to go to them, embrace what they're doing and not be um, adverse to it. I think what's a common thing I see with, with marketing individuals might be they go look at lean or Six Sigma or operational deployments and their people in the factory show it to them and they go, that doesn't work for us. It's not the same. And I'm here to tell you that um, it's not the same, but it does work <laughs> and you have to adapt it. So reach out to the people in your organization who are experts, who have, have expertise in this, even if they're not in the commercial area or marketing area, because uh, it can get you a quick start and mm. uh, get you people who care. And, and in fact, I would tell you that was one of the biggest wins for me at Ingersoll Rand was having um, operational excellence people who came out of operations to help teach me and teach the team and they loved it it was exciting for them to take their learnings to a different functional area and work with us so so do it embrace it and uh, i think that's a, a real opportunity i love that 
I think that's some, yeah, some great parting advice. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you sharing your uh, expertise with us today. It's been a fascinating conversation that uh, I'm sure will lead to many more. Hey, guys, thanks a lot. Really appreciate you inviting me to be part of it. And I'd love to talk more in the future. So you have a great Thanksgiving, <laughs> U.S. Thanksgiving, and uh, I'm going to go have some turkey. Yeah, we'll eat some. Uh, we'll eat some turkey just because. I think that, that, that makes sense. <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time I've done that. No, indeed. <laughs> Thanks again, Jason. All right, guys. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com/slash/thecoolerring. That's k-u-l-a partners.com/slash/thecoolerring.